welcome back to the Hammering Away podcast. This is episode number 19, which means next week will be 20, which is crazy. Big 2-0. Big 2-0. Um, might be video next week, but don't hold me to my word on that. I have to get taught how to do it after this episode. But this guy Joe tells me it's easy, so we'll see. It is easy. Please expect the video. Um, are our handsome faces. Maybe maybe I'll get dressed up. Maybe I'll wear like uh, maybe I'll wear a kit or something. Dude, no, I keep I keep thinking about it. I'm like, man, I have to put on like the most low key cool thing ever. <laughs> I'm like looking at all my hoodies. I'm like, which one which one tells people I'm cool without making people think I'm trying to look cool? <laughs> no, you should wear the the scarf. Oh, the uh, the the Prague scarf. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'll just um, you know what I'll do? I'll wear the. Uh, the sign Saeed Ben Rama West Ham kit that Owen got me for my birthday that cost them like fifty dollars with like their dude it's like a signed certificate of authenticity. Just nobody cares about Ben Rama. I, I think I think him signing it made the price go down. Well With I think discount. I'll have to look at it. Cause like it's not like it doesn't have his name on the back or anything. It's just last year's home kit. Mm-hmm. Or no, is is it even last year's home kit? I'll have to check. It might be like I think it's the 2020-2021 home kit. <laughs> no, I, I no name on the back. I think it's 21-22. I mean, I I, I haven't seen no, it. No, cuz cuz I would I would recognize the collars. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, right, right. But yeah, I think it's like a 3-year-old kit, like it might not be real, but the signature is real and I have the specific, the certificate of authenticity. But I think it's hilarious that that like did not set him back <laughs> that he was like able to get that for me as a birthday present. Very within budget. Yeah, and then I, I was like, dude, I got to get you something, like, sick back for your birthday. He's like, yeah, not really. Yeah, you know, he, he was really like, no, you don't. And guess what I got him for his birthday? What? Nothing. Oh, yeah. I, I, but I, I'll give him two presents next year. Good, Good guy. I'll give him two presents, too. For anybody curious, he's the uh, he actually made the intro beat or song of the podcast you listen to every week. Yeah. Hopefully That's every it. week. I'm sure that has people checking back in to listen to the yeah, intro. Everybody's rewinding and everybody, like, ah, all right, that's enough of these Maybe. stats for this week. Two and a half minutes. Imagine we checked our stats and it was just like nobody ever like listened past the intro. Like, <laughs> yo, this shit is trash. That would be crazy. All right, so you're going Ben Rama kit, sign kit. You're going with the scarf and then the wet, the pen, the prog pen. Oh yeah, the prog pen. I dude, I don't even know why I bought that. That was ridiculous. You got so much like nickname. Because because what happened was what happened was was we beat. I think I got did I get them after the AZ game or after we won? Well, I think I got I got a shirt after we won. Actually, you know what it was? We won, and the next day I was like still manic. So like I went on and I was like I gotta get like like this is like one of the only times in like my sports fandom history where like I have to get gear. This is like when I bought the Falcons NFC Champions shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I was like I just like have to get something, like something to just hoop in. People would be like, "What's that?" And I'll be like, "The greatest day of my life." <laughs> um. But yeah, so I went on. And I was like, I'll get the shirt, and then I was like. What do they got that costs ten dollars or less? <laughs> so I got the, I got the program. I got the scarf. I got a pen. 
Dude, they have so like I we I think we've talked so- on the podcast. They have so much useless garbage on that store. <laughs> Dude, there's so much nonsense on there. I think, the, I think the striped boxers. We definitely talked about the striped boxers on the podcast before. The the West Ham AirPods. Dude, like who oh, is buying those? I'm gonna do ne- the next episode with those in. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what the crazy part is, dude? They gotta be fake. They gotta be like those like gas yeah, station AirPods. They're like, they're like fuck. They're like Alibaba, like wholesale <laughs> that they just bought and slapped the logo on. They're like the stolen pods. Yeah, dude, this is actually ridiculous. Like every, they're literally gas station AirPods. Like I bought a pair of AirPods, or not AirPods, because it was like the years ago. Yeah, yeah, like, wired ones. And they were like black, but they were like Apple. And I was like, that's sick, dude. <laughs> like, that's like, that's so hard, bro. Like, they broke in like a week, not even. I'm actually impressed it got the full week. Yeah, no, I used to buy so much nonsense at the train station on the way to school. Anyways, speaking of nonsense. Yeah. I, for like the, a 2 2 draw against Newcastle is not a bad result. But man, I was livid like the kudu goal saved me a little bit gave me something to hold on to mm-hmm. but like bro that was one of the worst refereed games of ours i've seen i can't remember the last time we like we specifically had a worst refereed game it's probably one of the european games because they're terrible too I mean, yeah, like just consistently, like sometimes it'll be like one decision where you're talking about the that decision for, you know, the the next week, but that was like a consistent full ninety of just getting, just getting the, the short end of the stick the entire time. Yeah. Every single decision was going against us. He he lost that game as soon as he didn't give Gimaresh the second yellow card. I, I don't know what ha- I mean. I know he's a bad ref. Like we've had experiences with him before. For anybody who's unaware, which you shouldn't be because it's been going around Twitter and everything, he is, this is the same referee who didn't give the Lindelof handball against yeah. Manchester United in May. And we've had other issues with him in the past. I can't think of off the top of my head. But it's just like to miss all of those decisions. And the perfect example of it is because this we got the wrong end of every little decision, every 50-50, anything like that, even throw-ins, the handball laid on. The – Foul that leads to their first goal. Atrocious. Never a foul. Never a foul. And it was those kinds of decisions every like 90 seconds, every two minutes, every three minutes. Something like that went against us. There's um the offside call late on at 2-2 when we were pushing. Kudus kind of like yeah. flicks it through to Bowen, gets fouled, like is clearly fouled. And then the flag goes up for offside against Bowen. Like, yeah, fine, he's offside or whatever. We just had a – like, he got fouled before the player was offside. So, like, that should be a free kick to us. And that relieved them of all their pressure that we were – I pulled like, the game. That was the last really – That was the last, yeah. Because we had the three minutes of pressure after the goal. Mm-hmm. And then Antonio was on and was called off, not on – but on the field got called off. Since that when- was crazy, too. That that well, I mean, I think that they did let it, let it play through, and he kind of brought it out. Um, yeah, I guess if it was a goal, that would have been considered not in the same phase. Yeah, but it's still like, look, I thought he was offside at the time. Obviously, seeing the replay, I know that it's he wasn't. Not. But it's not my job to make that decision, and I'm also like the linesman. Like, 
has positioning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just all those little things. There's the um, the wall for Warpouse's free kick. The wall encroaches like a full yard, right? Mm-hmm. Referee blows it dead. He books uh, – was it Dan Byrne? No, it was, it was Longstaff. He books Longstaff, who made the foul, by the way, which should have already been a booking. Absolutely. Um, I mean, he books Longstaff. To foul somebody in that position and the way he did to take them down that cynically and, like, semi-recklessly – I don't want to say reckless because reckless is the word for red card. No, is it – Is red card. What's the yellow card one? I don't think there is. Is there a standard for? Is it reckless yellow card? Dangerous red card? I th- I I think. I think reckless is red. Because like recklessness goes to like the intentionality of it. Yeah. Like either way. The force of the tackle, because it's not like it was like a dangerous challenge, but like it, it's a it's a yellow card. It was one where a defender is like, "I'll take that yellow card." Exactly. Anyways, for Warpower's second steps of the take that free kick, they push the wall encroaches. They get booked. He doesn't push them back behind the line that he drew. And I was looking for the line on the ground once they started encroaching. I was like, did he even draw it? And then they continue to encroach. And our players are asking him to look at it again. He just doesn't do anything. Yeah, Guerrero was going crazy. Yeah, he's always gone crazy. He loves it. He, he loves to act like the cool head in the room, but I've never – he's always got something to say. No, yeah. I, I, he, he, that was a rare – even for him, it was like a rare moment. He was like pointing. He was like, what is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also I have something to say about him too, talking about decisions in the game. Look, I thought he played fine besides the second goal, but – and this is a big but because everybody is so extreme either side of this. I think, like, yeah, like, he is a little weak. And, like, yeah, he should, like, take, like, ownership of that situation more and attack the ball and maybe not have his hand up in the air for five seconds. But he's pushed in the back. Maybe he should be stronger. Maybe he should be stronger. I think he probably should be stronger and not get pushed off balance. But think about this. Have you ever been pushed in the back without expecting it? Yeah, I mean, nobody's just going to stonewall that. Yeah. And the other thing about that is, is like, no matter what you think about it, especially in the modern game, if you want to call it that, that's a foul. That's two extended arms into someone's back to create space. And it's not even like it's a corner and there's grappling and pushing and it's like they're both on each other. They're in open space. There's not a player within five yards of them. Yep. Yeah. There's a blatant push in the back. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know the game. Somebody had a goal disallowed for that. On Saturday, it might have been Brentford. I don't know who it was. I'll- I think it was. I can't remember. I can't remember. I want to say it was like Luton or something. It was one of those games. Somebody had a goal disallowed. I have no idea which game it was. Maybe it... I have no idea. Doesn't matter. I can't remember the specific game. Somebody was penalized for that the day before. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to be one of these people who cries about consistency because, like, look, football is a funny game. Like, it's all very – what's the word? Like Objective. And, and intuitive. Like, is that a foul? You just kind of know in your heart. There's not many black and white situations. That, I don't think it was. 
a push with extended arms, it's a foul. I, I think I think certainly if that is called, I don't think anyone kicks up a fuss about it. It's just mm-hmm. one of those like it's it, I mean we defended I, I, I just want to say we defended terribly for that goal. Mm-hmm. Like no excuses, but it's a foul. It's a very rare moment that we were kinda not sharp because we were sharp the rest of the game. We really were. Yeah. Um, what do you think about their first goal? Unless you want to keep talking about the second goal, but the first goal, the offside. Look, I don't think it's offside because I would want it given for us. It's not Isak's fault that Alvarez heads it to him. But we had a goal disallowed on Thursday where a ball was kicked while Paqueta was offside into a defender and then went into Paqueta and then he scored, but he's offside. That rule is so ridiculous. Because I think it's like the intention, like the, the intention of the defender, like if he like that, yeah, act- it, it, it's all about the intention. If he means to pass it or something, but like, are, isn't Alvarez and the Freiburg player who played in the Paquetas path, aren't they both quote unquote just trying to clear it? Which doesn't that mean that Isak should technically be offside? I honestly think that that probably should be a goal, and it's like good that it stood because that's the way it should be. But for argument's sake, I disagree. Honestly, I think that is nonsense. Like, I don't think that you should be able to receive the ball in an offside position, regardless of who plays it. I think well, no, no, no. But like, I'm saying that, like, I think our goal against Freiburg was rightly disallowed. And now I'm saying this out loud. I'm a complete hypocrite. So yeah, like maybe it should be. I just I don't. Because well, I don't understand, because then what are you checking for? Like, why is it such a long check? Like, it's very clear that one of their players didn't touch the ball. She's not outside. The other thing I want to say is that the reason out, this is the reason the goal should be disallowed, by the way, is the reason that Alvarez is heading the ball is because another Newcastle player who is offside is behind him, waiting to head it in the goal. So by forcing him to clear it, that Newcastle player is affecting the play which is why that should be disallowed because they were all offside. We kept a great line. They're all offside. And not to mention, he, he was getting fouled. He was getting, t- he was getting tugged. He was getting shoved. It was, I think it was Tonali and who else was there? Fucking Tonali. Tonali was terrible, by the way. He sucks. He's such a bad player. He's, it was, it was Tonali. 70 million. Yeah, and he was. For another fucking workhorse. They don't have any fucking variety in that midfield. He, yeah, he 70 was, million for a player the same attributes they already have, just better. If if you show that to a, ra- a random person who doesn't know who anybody was, they would not be able to point out Tonali in that game as the seventy million dollar man. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I mean there was just a plenty of things from the foul, the foul that was given to Paqueta to when the ball got in the net. There for the was several, for the first for the first goal. Oh yeah, I'm saying even okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got you for that whole sequence. There were several things that could have disallowed that goal, um, all of which were out of our control. And what's annoying about it is that we are under pressure and Ariola makes a great save, and we're kind of springing on the counterattack. We have Paqueta and I don't remember who was with him. It's probably Antonio. But you have Paqueta and Antonio kind of 2v2 at the halfway line, like right waiting to break. God knows where Bowen is. I'm sure he's going to make a run. Like, 
that could be 2-0. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, we're going to score from that. But, like, it's a huge moment in the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and, and Tonal- I, Paqueta was penalized for what? For skinning Tonali? Essentially. Dude, for t- just winning a duel. Like, yeah. We're not allowed to have 50-50 duels. They're both grabbing each other. They both have their arms across each other, which is, like, fine because nobody's, like, grabbing a shirt, really. It's just, like, a 50-50. And Paqueta Tonali- wins because Paqueta was fucking dragging him all yeah. over the pitch. Him and his little fucking boy. He, he got – Tonali got beat. He was hanging on for dear life. Paqueta tried to get him off of him because he was hanging on him mm-hmm. and got called for it. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I hate talking about referees because – I agree with what? you. Like in my old age, I've learned it's like, you know, because you can find a reason to complain about a referee every game. And in yeah. a lot of the European games I do, especially the knockouts because they're really terrible sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But like – for the most part, like, what are you going to do? Like, we still could have done things on Sunday that, you know, would have, like, saved ourselves and we could have stayed at 1-1. Because I, I think the first goal is completely unavoidable because what did we do wrong? Um, but the second goal, like, we fucked up for, but it should be disallowed. But it's too many decisions. And even then, even in the second goal... Who plays the pass to Trippier? That, 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 that's, my, that's my whole thing about this, this game is that all these people, oh, Garrett's at fault, oh, Garrett's foul, blah, blah, blah. What pisses me off the most is that Guimaraes creates that goal. And the thing is, if Guimaraes goes off, there's nobody who plays that pass on that team. Nobody. No, yeah, because they, dude, they're nothing without him. I mean, there's still something. But, like, on the topic of hating Newcastle, because I do hate Newcastle. Him and Isak are unbelievable players. Like, truly, I would kill anybody, including you, to have either one of those guys at West Ham. But That's fine, because I'm willing to lay down my life to... <laughs> yeah. West Ham. And, like, obviously, like, T- Tonali is a really good player. But I, the questions I have about Tonali are about... If the profile is the right signing for them, whatever, I would rather them get Gimmerish higher up the pitch. I'm not gonna sit here and analyze Newcastle. Besides, say that like if one of their two best players goes off on 20 minutes down a goal, I have a pretty sneaky feeling that we win that game. Oh, dude, I have a lot to say about Newcastle. I I just don't re- I have no respect for them as a team. Not even saying that because I'm mad about what happened. I have no respect for them as a club. I just don't think they're that good. Whenever they run into like a team like at the level that they're like challenging for, they get they get played off the pitch. I mean, if you remember uh what the second week of the season they played City, that was one of the most embarrassing showings. Yeah, and they beat City's C team in the cup. Oh, I don't back. Know. yeah. But the other I mean, thing about them not keep going, sorry. They they're at the end of the day, they have Isak, they have Gimaresh, they have Joe Linton, and they have Trippier. They have four like legitimately talented players and Joe West. Linton over Tanali. <laughs> <Bro. laughs> yeah, absolutely. They're just big. They're really just did did, did you mention Botman? I mean, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, uh, I don't give a shit about him either. Aguero better. Uh, 
when when you match them physically like we did and we outplayed them and yeah. you know if you if you match them physically they have nothing they're a lot like us in that sense if but they're I, matched physically even with us i feel like even when we match teams physically i i feel like we still have ways you know because we we're unique in the way we play and that makes us ever dangerous regardless of the teams that we go against well that that's what Paqueta and Bowen are for us, and that's what Gimaresh and Trippier and Isak are for them. It's just like, because that's what clubs like us have to do. We have to find a way to consistently win games, and then once you're at that point, you have to find, you know, a player or two, or three in their case, Mm -hmm. who can go win you a game that, like, maybe you're not playing that well in, or maybe you're playing some team that's lower and really isn't afraid to scrap with you. Um, but the thing I will say about Newcastle, they had their little run last year. They finished third. They did great. They're com- they're coming back down to the level where they belong, and that's with us and Brighton and that other team that I won't name, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, Emery, you know, Emery is doing his thing in um, the Europa Conference League, winning games one nil at home <laughs> against a team I've never heard of. There's no vowels in their name. Yeah, I think I think they have one. I think it's like an eight letter name, eight letter name with like an I. Yeah, <laughs> even we were not playing that team last yeah. year. <laughs> Dude, like even with like people are gonna say, oh, like they you know smoked PSG four one. PSG are in such a pathetic state right now. I think we would do that to PSG. Well, it's not even that. Like, look at what we did to Lyon and what we did to Sevilla. It's mm-hmm. it's like the same general idea. Like, yeah, they put four past them. They have PSG have quite literally a manager I would not take at West Ham. Yeah. Um, and I said that when the weirdos are even all in on him, I would have rather gone for anybody else. So yes. Luis Enrique. It's one of the mo- one of the most overrated managers in the world. It's ridiculous. I, I mean, not to go off a tangent, but did you saw him coach for Spain in the World Cup? It's ridiculous. And, and you're still it's like, pathetic. yeah. Like losing to Japan after like making a thousand passes, like you—it's just nonsense. It's nonsense. It's, Continue. Yeah, but yeah, like, and then they have all these new signings at Jell in there. It's a completely new squad over there, and it's like, it's an incredible win for Newcastle. Probably their best night of the 21st century. Well, I'm not taking anything away from them, absolutely. But like these things happen when clubs like West Ham and Newcastle and not Villa with real fan bases, with fans who can get behind the team at big clubs, like not Villa, not Aston Villa, um, get behind their teams in Europe for a big European night, which Aston Villa will never experience. And they get behind their teams for a big European night. And, you know, you push the boys on, they get a huge win against a huge club. And Aston Villa will never experience that. And But, like, that's the thing is, like, yeah, they beat PSG. We beat Sevilla 2-0. Does that mean that... I guess we were better than everybody outside the top six that year. It's just that like, PSG, like, they're just soft. And Newcastle devour soft teams. Yeah, that's that's another thing. It's, they it's eat the them for fucking game. breakfast. But I want to say this because I was thinking this a few minutes ago and I wanted to say this about this game. And I kind of mentioned how, like, us, Bray, and Newcastle and the team who will never experience a big European night. 
how we're all kind of like in that same um <laughs> that make myself laugh the um, next year. yeah we're all in the same like it's kind of like a dogfight between everybody fighting for like fifth sixth place because you know you got united and chelsea if they can figure out whatever the hell they're doing over I'm there sure. um but yeah so it's those teams and what annoys me about it is that this was a home game against one of those teams and if i could you know have it my way we're gonna beat these teams at home and we're <laughs> gonna at least take half the points from them this season and now this puts much more pressure on a trip to st james's later in the year and what's annoying about it, it's not that they outplayed. I mean, they played well for a long stretch. Um, but the goals probably shouldn't stand. At least one of them should absolutely be disallowed or shouldn't even have a chance of happening. And it's annoying because now we kind of fought hard to get that lead and to get three points, and we've just barely salvaged the point at the end. And it just... It feels like two points dropped because it's a home game. And I know it's not. Like, you're not going to win every game that you have to win over the course of a season and it'll be fine. But, like, it's frustrating at the same time as being good, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. No, yeah. I totally understand that. Like, I was thinking going into this game, like, these points will probably mean a lot in May. Wherever it they would have been for. huge to beat them. And, 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 Maybe we'll look back on it and say, okay, we took two points away from them. That's how they, that's probably how they feel. That is how uh, they feel, but we have a right to feel that way too, especially at home. No, yeah, no doubt, especially because we outplayed them as well. But I mean, I, I guess, I guess one way you can look at it is that we already got three points we never expected to get and at Brighton away. <laughs> so, so the math, yeah. the yeah. math is working out for us. Um, but yeah, we're ten points ahead of where we were last year at this point already. It's eight games in. You know that. I can't even imagine the the goal disparity between last year and this year. We had like two goals at this point. <laughs> I, I can't talk about the beginning of last season. Yeah, yeah. At this point last year, we would have been probably rocking up the Anfield and Old Trafford and getting heartbroken. Would the Wolves game happened yet? Yeah, that happened October first, I believe. Yes, that was so like the- we we would be. I think we'd be coming off the win against Fulham, or maybe there was an international break. I don't know. Yeah, that was like so we we'd have like, yeah, we'd had two or three wins at this point. I think we'd have, two, we'd have three. We would have beaten Villa, and then we'd be on the two in a row, and mm. then we would probably be getting ready to go to Liverpool and United and play those one nils. That we lost. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know when we beat Bournemouth in that stretch. Maybe we won. No, we didn't win three in a row, did we? I think that we did because we went up to 10th at one point. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Um, But to be more positive about the Newcastle game, that was, uh, I think that was Kudu's best game for us, like pretty comfortably. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of it, and we talked about this on game day, that Moyes is like getting a feel for him and putting mm-hmm. him like right away into the spots where he's going to succeed, and that is through the middle. That's what um, happened, yeah. I thought how he set up and how he has been setting up to close games with Kudus has been really, really interesting. Uh, it's with- been very like we we play this really hard to beat, impossible to play through style for 
70 minutes with Antonio just kind of anchoring that attack. And then on the 70-minute mark, he kind of just reverts to the old us and brings Kudus on and lets Paquetto or Bowen take that responsibility of playing up front. And then lets Ben Rama do whatever the hell it is that he does <laughs> out on the left. Doing that. Yeah. That's Man, another thing. If Ben Rama had a redeemable trait right now, like if he was even just like playing well for him, this would be a really hard decision. Yeah. If if he was challenging for the team, it would be like, I mean, he can never. This makes it weird though, because it makes it so hard to bring Kudus in. Because because if it were up to me, if I could have it anyway, I would want him to play like at. As a ten through the middle, that's what he does. But as soon, as soon as he came on against Newcastle, he went there immediately. He keeps the ball so well. Mm-hmm. He does not lose that thing. I mean, on the turn, he's impossible to defend. He's such a ridiculous athlete. And then the ball striking, we finally got a glimpse of that. It's great yeah. ball. Um, but I've been thinking about it a lot, and I think that. I think if you start him, you drop Antonio, and you put him on the right. And then yeah. to say that I think dropping Antonio is the right thing to necessarily do, because there's 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 twelve players who deserve to start every game right now. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, I guess it depends on your opinion on Aguirre, but then you can just say that Mavropanos deserves it. Whatever. Yeah. In conversation. It doesn't matter. There's too many players that deserve to start right now. And I think Kudus has finally made this kind of like a you have to give me a shot type thing. And obviously, we were always going to do it at some point. He spent 40 million pounds on him. Um, and the reason I think that Antonio is the one to drop is because you're basically you're deciding between Antonio and Suchek. And they both bring us things that we can't really afford to lose. It feels like we can't afford to lose them, especially Antonio's hold-up play and what he does to link plays up and like bring people into the attack and get us up the pitch. Um, but I think if you play Kudus with Bowen up top, you kind of give yourself a different way to get up the pitch between Paquetta on the left and Kudus on the right, between the passing and the ball carrying. And to be honest with you, I'd rather take a chance on a different attack with those three, especially since the way that Moyes talks about Bowen as a player now and how he says he sees him becoming a striker one day, maybe. So I'd rather take that risk and not lose this concrete wall of a midfield that we've built. Because those three, you you cannot play through them. They're impossible to play through. Suchek is providing us with a goal threat again. I, I just don't think that you can drop him. Because I think we just become so much more open if you drop Suchek. Not that we can't play a more expansive open game, but I think our biggest strength right now is that teams cannot play through us. We've scored the first goal in seven out of eight Premier League games this season. And look at the teams that we've played. Like, yeah, the top scorers in the league, Brighton, played Liverpool. They scored first, to be fair, but we should have scored first in that game. We've played City, we've played Newcastle, played all these teams, we played. Throw Chelsea in there. We've played all these teams. We've scored first in seven of our eight first games. Yeah, and like you said, like that Liverpool goal, that penalty came way against the run of play. Yeah, that was that was their really their first sniff of the entire. If we game. score first in that game, who knows what happens? 
Yeah. It's almost frustrating because the score first in, in seven of your first eight games, you'd kind of be hoping for six wins. But, you know, the level of competition comes into it. We've won five games, drew one of them, and then we <laughs> lost the city, and then we lost the game we didn't score first. I can take that. Yeah, I mean, our only two losses this season are still City and Liverpool. You really cannot ask Oh, for we, we drew Bournemouth, too. I forgot them. So yeah. we have four wins. God damn it. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. That, that wasn't that wasn't us yet. That was before the James Ward Prowse era. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. If you score first, like obviously the Premier League is difficult and every game is difficult. But if you score first, and in this like percentage of games, and like probably won't stay that high. But if you can get the first goal, you put yourself in such a position to succeed. I think that these people who say we can't hold on to a lead are ridiculous. We sit back too much. It's the same thing that we've always done. Like, let's stop it. Yeah, it it it, it happens. It's a long game. Teams it's- get pegged back in this league all the time. That's literally the beauty of the league. There's been one nil-nil this entire season. Yeah. And that's pretty sure there's been a record low number of clean sheets. Yeah, so, it, it, it just happens. It happens. But I, I mean, think what I was saying was not to cut you off, but just to finish my thought. I think that the reason why we score the first goal so, goal so often is just because obviously like, we have the players to hurt teams. But teams, they can't score against us. It takes so much knocking down and knocking on the door and trying to break through that barrier to score against us. And I think the midfield is owed probably the biggest thank you for that. Then Ariola, he's also been great in Zuma. But yeah, and and uh, David Moyes. Oh yeah, well, he's the uh, he's the, he's the architect. The architect, I love it. Yeah, I mean the way he's built this midfield, it's it's so like this is one of the best mid blocks I've ever seen. I mean, it's just the way it's really just committing to a way of playing. And the way he has all eleven guys, they they like share like one collective brain. They move together, they're doubling up, and they've been and, together for two months. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's crazy. There's for the amount of new players that are in the that are in like important areas to execute this system. I mean, we have two new midfielders. I mean, Suchek as, essentially is a brand new guy. <laughs> To Alvarez and yeah, Rousey definitely is, and the way he's playing, I haven't seen this guy in years. Mm-hmm. Like he was back at the end of last year, but he is back now. And I yeah. think that the midfield three people will say, "Oh, he's playing with Rice." That's what didn't allow him to vote. Like to an extent, yes, but also that's Moy's decision. It's not Rice's fault. Um, but also, I think that the midfield three and the way that Alvarez loves to sit, which is how Rice played that 2020 season, especially the beginning of it. And when Suchek was scoring all those goals, that suits his game. And Ward-Prowse is another midfielder. And with the way Antonio plays, there's so much space to exploit for Suchek, Bowen, and Emerson to exploit. The way we scored the first goal against Newcastle is all because of Antonio and obviously the pass from Paqueta. But it's just mm-hmm. Emerson and Suchek exploiting space that Antonio creates for them. That's the thing, man. You drop Antonio that space, where is it coming from? That's yeah. That's the thing. That's what makes it so difficult. That's what yeah, and that's where the dilemma comes from. And and I and I agree with you. 
and I I think that I I definitely had some sort of influence on on your on your thinking because I've 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 come to this conc- I think I came to this conclusion like a week ago. I was leaning towards keeping Antonio in the league in the team, and then just the more I thought about it, I was like, you can't can't knock down this wall. Mm-hmm. And I just think that. Like like you drop Suchek and that physicality is gone. You just you can't. It doesn't. Repli- it, doesn't it doesn't get replaced. Yeah. Yeah. You you can't you can't make up for it in a different way. With Antonio, you have Bowen now who makes better runs than Antonio. He's more of a goal scoring threat from that central center forward position himself. And to be fair, there's a whole conversation on Twitter today. But to be fair, I don't know if Antonio's role is to score goals. Obviously he has to as a striker. But that, that that's the thing. It's not his role, but Paqueta likes to play that vertical pass to him. Yeah. Okay. He he I mean the most famous goal in the history of this club was that. <laughs> yeah. And now like to have that consistently and and that for that to be an option for him if you remember, I don't know. I mean, if you remember early on when Paqueta got here, and Antonio, you know, and, and Skamaka got hurt, so it was Antonio. He like tried and failed to get Antonio the ball, like go in that channel a lot. They 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 had a lot of growth together. Yeah, they had a lot of growing pains together. Yeah, and Paqueta had to learn how to play with a guy who was not gonna like try to get in behind anymore. Yeah, and and with Bowen, he kind of has that option again. Mm-hmm. I think that goals can come from there. Obviously, Kudos is his own threat, and you know he is going to command a lot of attention himself, which is going to open up things for for guys like Bowen and Paqueta and Suchak. I, I think just like thinking this through, I think that if we do go with this, if we leave Paqueta on the left. And you bring Kudus in on the right, and you go with Bowen up top. I think that we're gonna see a lot more of um, Suchek almost playing even more advanced as a ten, because knowing Moyes, he's gonna want to keep that vertical threat and that physicality higher up the pitch. Mm-hmm. And just like I think that we will see a lot more of that. Um, but I don't know. There are a lot of people who don't seem to think that Bowen can play striker. I disagree. They think that he's I- too small. I think. Going back to what you said that you kind of sold me on dropping Antonio instead of Suchek, I feel like we've had this conversation a lot. And I always bring up the United away game. Mm-hmm. Because, dude, he he can do this. And he, he's a very intelligent runner. He's a great presser of the ball, especially through the middle, which, honestly, he's probably better at that than Antonio. No doubt. Um, he'll run those channels well. He's going to contest every ball. Like, he's not as strong as Antonio. He might not win as many but the amount of like duels he's going to get into might actually exceed Antonio's. So it's a yeah. different kind of threat, but he's still going to provide you with that option. And with Suchik up I mean, there to help with directness, I think that it could work. I think that you have Antonio, to try it. Antonio is a, a, a specimen, unlike you know, unlike any other in in the in the Premier League. When he's in the channel and he's up against the center back. Sometimes he'll just throw his shoulder into like a, a huge, huge. <laughs> Dude, these these and, guys and, don't want to see him. Yeah. Like that, that, that is what he is, is he like is going to go in the channel one-on-one and that's, that's death for most, most center backs. You either foul him or, or you get pushed Yeah, with Bowen. 
he's still really strong. He's still strong for like he's yeah. strong. He's, for he's low to the earth. He's yes. a very he's, he's a very low center of gravity. He's that low center of gravity. He's got he's got that hazard build. You know, I don't want yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but dude, he does because you know you watch the videos about him running on the corn on the potato fields as a kid to get his legs stronger with his dad. You know, he still does that every summer. This summer was the first time he didn't do it. He starts like this, dude. Get him off the potato fields. <laughs> She's probably giving him shin splints and stuff. Don't <laughs> <laughs> have to camp all knackered. Oh my god. No, nah, he, he he can do it though. Like, I I just in some my argument. I feel like my, what I've been saying is kind of a little, a little bit like all over the place. But basically, what I'm trying to say is, Bowen can replicate a lot of what Antonio does as a new threat. And with Suchek, you take him out, and we lose all of what he brings. There's no there's. There's no replacing that role in the team. We'd have to play a fundamentally different way. Yeah, I agree with that. I completely agree with everything that you're saying. And like, just for the record, I feel like you see, feel the same way. I am not comfortable with dropping Antonio. Like, I'm not. Like, it's not like because you know people get weird about Antonio and Suchek, where they're like, get them out of the team, like whatever. Like, people will see these runs of form and they'll still just think, get Kudus, and they're like, he's better than these guys. Like, like no, like yeah, Kudus is a better footballer probably than them. But these are two very talented guys and two very effective footballers. And we are losing a lot by bringing Kudus in for Antonio, but we're also adding a lot of new stuff. And just the way things have been going, it's not even that we've played bad. We've still played very well. But I just think that it's something that you have to explore. And it's a very long season. And Antonio will have his runs in the team. Like, I promise you, like, this is not calling for him to be because people do that. They call this is the 11, like that we should always play. Like, no, like we, I told you this uh, probably on Thursday when we played Freiburg and just thinking of the squad that we have now, we have legitimate players who don't get into this team who I'd be very comfortable with starting games. Like Carrera right back is one very comfortable with that, especially like, you know, I'm a big advocate for signing a fullback and a right back, (laughs) but like, for our options there, I'm very comfortable with bringing him in. Like Fabianski is another one, very comfortable with bringing him in. The three midfielders that we have, very comfortable with them. Comfortable with Paquette playing anywhere from the left to the 10 to the pivot. You know, we have players. And it's okay for a player to kind of have a little run out of the team where now he's only playing in Europe and he's being an impact guy in the league. And then maybe something else happens. Maybe, maybe in a few weeks, like we go to Burnley and we only get a 1-1, and, like, Suchek played like shit. Now you bring Antonio back in, and maybe you try a different system with Antonio with the other three behind them, and you try something different, and then now Antonio's in the team, and Suchek's trying to break back into the team. Like, this is the whole point of what every preaches depth. This is the whole point of having depth and having a squad. It's for competition, and it's so these players, like, to an extent, it kind of gives Antonio a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Not that like yeah. we're giving him a break, but like it's a long season. We go through different variations of teams every year. Every year you'll think about it and you'll think about how you're thinking in September about how this is the team, this is the way we have to play. And you get to April and it's a completely different team that you want to see out there. Mm-hmm. Just think about last year. Think about who you wanted to see line up for like Wolves at home and then think about like 
the team that you would have wanted to play for like Fiorentina or AC or like United yeah. at home in May. Like it, it always changes over the course of a season and that's okay. That That's just my little rant on like people being like Antonio was shit. Like he sucks. Like he can't be in the team or like, like you can't drop Antonio right now. Well, like the thing is like, you don't sit a 40 million pound investment on the bench mm-hmm. for much longer than a month and a half, two months. You just don't, especially as he gets better and he scores a goal to rescue your point. He's going to start against Villa. He's going to start that game. And, and even if like he came in and the reason he came in is like, okay, like this is the guy who's going to eventually replace Paqueta. Like this signing was really for next year. Uh, in, in, a, want, in a way, it is. I mean, I think it's it, also very for the present too. But no, yeah, like, like this is like that's this. I'm just saying that this is probably how they like devised this. But even still, you paid 40 million. He's an excellent player. Yeah, right now he needs to play, and he's going. He didn't, to. Come, here, he didn't come here to sit a year. Um, and yeah, it it really like we should probably really stress that this. Is to no fault of Antonio. We're, yeah. Like this is at a point where, you know, two years ago when you know we were we were terrible, we were good but we were terrible. Like the squad was not where it needed. Oh to yeah, be. yeah, yeah. Like we had a very small squad, but we were like, teetering on the edge. Getting getting dropped used to be like an indictment on you as a as a human being. <laughs> <laughs> ben Rama would get dropped and it would be like. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> the Roman would get dropped, and we'd be like, "Dude, I, I think Moyes might be Islamophobic." <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> Islamophobic. Like we were like, "All right, like what was he saying about the Iraq War?" Like, <laughs> dude, and, and yeah, and Moyes being in the press conference, and he'd be like, "You know, we like Saeed, but he's just he's kind of shit." And we'd be like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, like it, it was. And it was like you didn't have to say it because you made the decision. And like, do you remember when uh, <laughs> what happened when uh, Ben Rama got subbed off and walked straight past and they didn't even make eye contact? And he was getting all upset walking by him. And then we were talking about <laughs> Ben Rama. It, dude, it was in like March, and Ben Rama hadn't played a full ninety since October first. Oh <laughs> no, no, he he said he said every every fucking time. Yeah, so like, yeah. <laughs> he was getting hooked. Every game. Yeah, that was crazy. So crazy. <laughs> and then he had one good performance against Forrest away in a game that we lost and was now unsubbable, undroppable for Ember a whole year. year. Ember of the year shout from a game against the worst team I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, we played Sheffield United recently. Show some respect. Yeah. They're terrible. <laughs> yeah, man. They are. They're probably they're worse than Luton, I would say. Dude, they get excited to watch Cam Archer every week, bro. And respect to Cam Archer. I like Cam Archer, but let's, yeah. let's be serious. <laughs> I Luton, they play with like a little... They well, got, Luton are what they are. Sheffield United could have done more to get that squad ready. Oh, yeah. They've been they, here they, before. They, I think that 8-0 is going to just be like them cooked for the year. I wonder when they're going to win a game. I, I think I think they're see they have to they they probably are they probably have to change managers at some point. They should do it. They, they should do it over the international break. If we're being serious, but like this is when because they they lost again, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, they lost. They lost, they the lost three one to Fulham. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And their only goal was an Anthony Robinson own goal. And Fulham are bad. Like Fulham have no Fulham goals. Are not good. I can't wait to play them, dude. I concede three against Fulham, a team where, like, honestly, like, think about like a hypothetical Fulham goal. You can't like even you can't even like conjure one up. Like all I can think of is the William like goal of the season last year. That he'll never score that again. Oh my god! Dude, yeah, so, that I means like that's, that's Fulham's attackers. You got like Carlos Vinicius, terrible striker. Terrible. Raul Jimenez. Raul Jimenez, CTE, cannot think. He's seeing three goals. Motor functions are all out of whack. Um, you got Bobby DiCortova Reed. I like Bobby DiCortova Reed. He's a cute he's, little player. He's not a Premier League attack. You're not getting new goals no. and assists. You have William, no. who tried to release himself from his contract. To go to Saudi Arabia, I believe, over the summer, mm. and like, is fine technically for them, I guess. Like, technically, isn't like his ability, not like. Man, he was washed like four years ago. <laughs> yeah, he was, but like he had a good season last year, so I'll give, yeah, him, no, I'll yeah. give him a little respect. But like, Willian, <laughs> are we serious? <laughs> <laughs> how you're gonna survive in the Premier League? Is well, that's the thing. Willian is like their talisman now, dude. Like, this is crazy. Yo, they, yo, sold it, Mitrovic, they sold Mitrovic for 50 million pounds, and they replaced him with Raul Jimenez, who broke his skull <laughs> for 5 million pounds. I don't think Jimenez has scored as many goals after breaking his skull as he did in the one full season he played before breaking it. Probably not. He's probably I, I scored... Would- I wonder if he scored as many goals since breaking his skull as he had in that season going into that game. He had like six goals that year already. Has he, yeah, he scored six? I had, I had an FPL that year too. Nice, dude. I think he had one. I think he had like a fluky-ass goal for Wolves. I yeah, yeah, scored- yeah. I remember that. But like I wonder if he's scored six Premier League goals no. since that night. Definitely not. It's not even worth the Google search. He hasn't. They signed Alex Iwobi over the summer. Oh, that that's good. And Traore. Oh, yeah, they have Adama Traore. Classic. Classic output monster, Adama Traore. He'll, he'll bring you goals and assists. Yeah, right? It is isn't in place. So. He's literally like a, just a super sub. He wasn't even on the bench this weekend. I wonder if he's fit or not. I um, honestly wouldn't be surprised if they're just done with him. Tom Kearney is not only still in the squad, but he's still coming into the game. So yeah, these like thing. these like guys who played for Fulham in the championship, like what? How how are they still like? This is the Premier League. How is Tom Pereira? Oh, you're talking about the championship, like the year they went down, like when Chicharito scored the own goal, the handball goal against them under uh, Pellegrini. Yeah, like they, they were like, really bad that year. Yeah, they like how are many players over there? How do they still have key players from that team? Well, I wouldn't call him a key. Harry Wilson. Yeah, Harry like, Wilson came off the bench this weekend. They, like, so look, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read the attackers, and you can tell me. I want you to give me a number, and only only goals that they score. Like, don't include the assists. Like they're assisting each other. Just give me a number of how many goals you think that these players will combine for. In a Premier League season, 
Raul Jimenez, Carlos Vinicius, Bobby Di Cordova Reed, Willian, Andreas Pereira, Harry Wilson, and Adama Chore. Dude, like, who is scoring? How do they have any goals this season? I would say zero. I, I, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I would say, I would like, I'm like, them scoring was like an, a thing that was probably going to happen. Zero. <laughs> like, Andreas Pereira will probably, like, score. Was, like, Andreas Pereira and, will have, like, four goals and, like, four assists in the league. Like, Bobby, like, um, not Bobby. He's not. He'll have like a goal and two assists. <laughs> um, Willian, like you might get like three and six out of like four and six. Even like, that. Stri- the, the strikers, the strikers, you might get eight or nine from combined. Maybe if, if you're I lucky. I don't know. You might get like four from Vinicius, five from Vinicius, and like two or three from Jimenez. They might be the one and two worst strikers in the league. <laughs> like legit, I'm taking. <laughs> I'm taking Luton strike pairing. Dude, Adebayo and um, Carlton Morris, and they're both like solid enough. Yeah, like they would do. They, you know what? They would do better in this Fulham team than those two. Oh, for sure, for sure. Do you imagine Fulham had like a guy who could run the channels, like hold the ball up, be physical, like be a, like a real aerial threat? Carlos Vinicius is so soft, and they probably like, be Jimenez. Jimenez isn't going to head the ball. No, I, would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame him either. I'd yeah. actually hope he would do that. I, I I like Raul Jimenez, but like it's not. I I dude. liked him. He's the, he's a, he was a good dude. All right. So Fulham have scored before. Okay, before the Sheffield United game, Fulham had scored more than one time in a Premier League game once this season, and it was against Arsenal. <laughs> In a two-two draw, that was the fakest shit I've ever seen. It was a yes, mistake yes. early from Ramsdale, like a double mistake from not even Saka and Ramsdale. Yeah, it was Saka. Um, and then the Paulinha corner goal, the most ridiculous thing that's ever happened. Um, they scored once against Everton on the opening day. They beat them. They were beat three 0 by Brentford. Um, I'm not reading their League Cup results. I really don't care. If yeah. you were wondering, they scored once against Tottenham and went to penalties. They scored twice against Norwich City. Um, they scored once against Manchester City. They scored... Oh, they equalized. Good for them. They were yeah, beat, I remember. They, they were beat 5-1. Uh, they scored once against Luton Town in the 65th minute, Carlos Vinicius. They drew nil nil the Crystal Palace. There's actually been three nil nils in the Premier League this year. I think I was wrong before. How many? Two. And, two are Palace. Jesus, they're another one. Yeah, but at least they have good players. Yeah, I like guess they so. have they have good defenders. I don't really think that you can argue with that. And then oh no, not at all. Elise when he's fit and Ezzy. They, they have a lot of injuries right now too. They got a lot of trash attackers. Yeah, like pa- Palace have a lot of like. Like if those two go down, <laughs> and uh, I, I haven't seen Franco play yet. I don't know if he's fit yet. I don't think he does play. I think he's like a year removed from playing. What? No, I no, think no. He's the, the the winger that they signed. Yeah, I think he's is he is he play, does he play? He was he was injured. Um, I'm gonna check that in a second. He's just he's well, so then then Fulham lost they lost two 0 to Chelsea and then they beat Sheffield United three one. 
Um, dude, they spent 25 million euro on him. He's he's gonna play. We'll see. He ha he has to play. The 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 two good attackers Palace have are injured. I think Elise will be back after the international break. Um, dude, this Palace team that they played yesterday is Edward. Crazy. Edward is still like the guy there. Well, to be fair to Palace, they're bringing um, Rakasaki through finally. I guess oh not yeah, finally, but he, like he's ready. He he is a good player. I've seen clips of him for their youth team and for Charlton, and he's good. He's done damn well for me in FM before, mm-hmm. so I like him. They could use him. He'll be the least replacement, honestly. Yeah, he's in he's in house. Uh, if everything goes well. How do you say his name? Ebuwe. He was on the bench. I don't know who that is. I don't know if they're going to start playing him. He's another young one. I think they signed him from Swansea a few years ago. And then there was no Franco on the bench. There's no Elise and no Eze. So I don't know if Franco is hurt. I think he's still hurt, maybe. But what I'm my overall point is like you take out the young guys because Hodgson's not going to really toss him into the fire, even though I think he's going to start giving Rocksaki starts if all these guys are mm-hmm. um, But you take out the two young guys and you take out the two stars that they have. It's it's all trash. Yeah. Mateta, Ayu, Edward. Edward. Like, Ayu I kind of like for them because at least he works hard and like does... He's like their four nows. Mm-hmm. With like a little more like you can play further up. Dude, they, their midfield was Schlupp, Hughes, and Rudabald against uh, Forrest. It was Bacore. He's another one who's hurt, I think. Jeez. Dude, yeah, no, they, they have like a serious thing going on. Henderson's still out. They, they, they have like a, a legit crisis. Yeah. Good. Yeah, that's, that's little bro. I give you shit about the, this. This league has passed them by, like from when they were like a tricky little team. Like, the, remember, dude, what, remember, remember after like Arsenal like wrestled away three points from them, and and Rice was talking like nonsense. <laughs> like, get, like, like this is one of the games, like, if you're the, way, the the Premier League. Like this is just one of those games you gotta get points. Selhurst <laughs> so is tough. Um. Dude, like in a way, like he's right, but you know he only said that because that was his first away game as an Arsenal player. Yeah, you know he was just like, you know he was getting ready for that game. He was like, these are the games like you got to go on the road to a hostile environment and win. It's like, dude, yeah, like yeah, you have to win games to win the league. Congrats, man. <laughs> you, it is literally the post Wilfred Zaha Crystal Palace. <laughs> Managed by Roy Hodgson. Like, hey, well, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's let's be nice. Let's be nice to him. Maybe. He maybe. he will he will give them everything that those owners want, which is to finish somewhere between eleventh and fourteenth and to stay yes. in the Premier League for another year. Yes. They'll at least do that this year. Next year if, if tough teams come up, it might be a little tricky. They always do just enough. They do look when when they're fit. When they're fit, that's a that's a solid little side. You know what? When they're fit, they're exactly what you said they are. They are a tricky little team. Uh, maybe they need a center forward. Yeah, they need to get. I I can't believe 
Edward was the solution for this long. And then Mateta was the solution before that, and Benteke was the solution before that. Benteke scored 17 goals in the league season for them. I, I can't think of Benteke without thinking of that first half uh, when we played them in 2020, when Benteke <laughs> scored. And, and West Ham fans were like, see, Hilaire, that's what a real target man looks like. And then, uh, yeah, and then he got sent <laughs> off the second half. Was, dude, that was the funniest thing. That was when that was when w- the West Ham Twitter was probably its most tribalistic. Oh, and yeah, those Pellegrini teams divided people, man. And then COVID, everybody was on the phone. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was brutal, brutal times. Uh, and and seeing them all get shot up like that as as a Halaire guy, <laughs> it's just like it was oh, beautiful, I man. Can't ask anymore. After That's a such a great goal. goal. That yeah, one, that that won us a crucial point. You know what? I'm I'm gonna tell you something. Without his goals, um, that season, we would have finished seventh, I think. Because so he won us. He won us two points against Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. He won us a point against Palace. That's three. I don't know what the goal difference situation was between us and Spurs, but those three points would put us level with them. And then he scored. He scored another. Oh, he scored against Wolves in four now. All right. So he won, yeah. us, he, won, he won us three points. I feel like there was another game in there that he scored. Was it just that? Yeah, he only, he had three Premier League goals that year. Hmm. He might, you know what? He scored uh, in the cup. Yeah, he he gave us that cup run. Yeah, he, gave, he gave us, he gave us, he gave us a uh, Charlton Athletic and whole city at home. <laughs> I'll actually never forget that. Like that that like mini cup run was like Dude. so emotional for everyone. <laughs> crazy. Moise was like, I don't give a shit about any of these guys. Like, let them go out there. And we were all watching. We are like, the vibes are back. Like, this is the t- Like, Felipe's got to be playing himself into the team right now. <laughs> There's an uprising. It was Felipe, Haller, Lanzini, Yarmolenko, Snodgrass. Josh Cullen. Josh Cullen. <laughs> that shit was vibes. We Those paid five dollars that midget at Charlton. Yeah, yeah, dude, those lineups were sick. And then we like beat them too. We like beat them like fucking three 0 five one. Rocked up to Everton away. I was like, this team, this team will like cement themselves today. Went up there. He played Snodgrass in the pivot. We lost four one. Felipe Anderson was on a flight to Portugal. Like the next day, <laughs> dude. The craziest blitz of all time. Like I could like. I was sitting there. I remember sitting there watching that Everton game, being like, "If he just kept the same whole city lineup, like this would never have happened." Yeah, it was cr- the, the the copium well, to be, nuts. To be fair, he put in it was he put in Noble and Snodgrass, and I was like, oh, "Yeah, it was it was it was terrible." I I placed it. I, that was Noble's worst season by far as a West Ham player. No, 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 dude. Yes, dude. No, dude. Yes. No. The season after, it was vibes. No, yeah, I know. I'm saying he was, dude, he was like solid that year. He, he didn't play much. He had that one nope. game where he, he had the one game where he took everything from us. I'll give you that. He was no, good we, that year, dude. What, what season are you talking about? 2021. 20, 2020 to 2021? Yeah, when he was hugging Jesse Lingard. 
No, bro, he was like playing before Lingard got there. He was playing like the ten, and I remember specifically he played ten. He played the ten at Chelsea when we lost three zero. I was like, this that is his fault, bro. It's his. It's his fault because I mean, just the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that he was playing like shit, and I did not like him for it. All right, man. Look, I saw him put in worse performances the fucking the second Billich season, the sixteen seventeen season. He, dude. I thought the legs were gone forever. I, I couldn't believe you lasted as long as you lasted thinking about that season. Oh, my goodness, man. It's, it's weird because in, in the season afterwards, he was like – he was like seeing out games and shit. Yeah, well, it's it, what's also weird about the 16, 17 years, he like he like should have gone to Euro 2016. He was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The, the full Pyatt season. And then that year, it was like, dude, like, what happened to you? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, man. And then it was just the village effect is making everybody look terrible. That's fair. I hate to talk bad about the guy. I don't know how he got caught in the stray. Because yeah, you talk about oh, cause it, cause players it, was, being bad. Oh, right. Because he costs us the greatest Carabao Cup run in the history. Oh, Mark Noble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he could, I don't know how I could talk bad about this guy besides the fact that he cost us everything. <laughs> Oh, and Crespo came in the team too over Masawaku. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, man. What a funny like string of games to remin- for to reminisce on. Well what's crazy about that string of games is the season that it happened in. Right? Like because the transfer window was all fucked up, like Ben Rama wasn't even on the team yet when we lost to Everton. Jesse mm-hmm. Lingard was not even a thought in my mind. Not even close. Like, dude, the the Lingard, um, like, Leicester game was the same season as the, like, whole city, like, COVID drubbing. <laughs> like, what? We, we can't let this be lost in history. We have to... We have to keep this memory alive in the, in the hearts of all these West Ham fans out there. That was us. like that was like the last time where like at least like people like people like I wanted to kill Moyes, dude. I remember when we lost to Arsenal two one at the Emirates at the start of that season when we lost the first two games, and he didn't bring Felipe on to like the ninety second minute. I was gonna strangle him. I was dude, like, dude, that we game. need we need a goal. <laughs> Those two, those first two games, Newcastle and Arsenal, I was, we were down. We were down. They were positives like, to take from Arsenal, but I was like, the positives were like we might stay up. I, I, the, I didn't even want to see the positives because the the way we were going that season, the, the decisions that Moyes was making. Well, it wasn't even all him though. There was the Diangana stuff, and the board weren't giving us money. We didn't even no, sign. I'm, we didn't even sign Kufal until like the fourth game of the season. The only yeah. signing we made over the summer was Dawson, I think. Yeah. And he didn't yeah. play till January, December. That's crazy. Remember his debut? His debut was ridiculous. No, that was no. I was I've I've never I like that's probably one of like the biggest head loss moments of like seeing a team was seeing him <laughs> over the <yeah. laughs> And it's crazy how that age, dude, he man, what a player. The most chaotic debut I've ever seen a player have. He almost killed Jay Adams. 
wish he did. He's got to go finish the job. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe, maybe. Why is Che Adams catching strays on this podcast? As if I have to answer that question. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's just a guy, man. Like that's the that's part of the problem. <laughs> that is part of the problem. Didn't he? Was he the one who scored from like the halfway line against City? That was him, right? Mm, I don't remember. It was. Man. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, I, I don't like the guy. I don't like the, I don't like how he he played against us back when they were an issue. Well, like he played well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. He's a hand, he's a handful. Yeah, him, Bro- Broja killed us the year after. Mm-hmm. Anyways. I think that's enough reminiscing for one episode. Yeah, we, we have shit we still need to go through. Do we? We're, yeah. I mean, we didn't even talk about Bowen's contract. Say congrats. Say congrats. Uh, I'll, I'll do one better. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I you, appreciate Jeff. it. And congrats to you on 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 Bowen and congrats on Kudus. You know congrats what? Congrats on Kudus. Congrats on Bowen. Yeah. Congrats on Paquette the Gambling. Congrats on West Ham. Congrats. Um, you excited for Bowen's England uh, Wembley debut? Not England debut, he, Wembley debut. You won't shut the fuck he, up about it. He was buzzing about it. Yeah, he, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't even think about it. And, you know, that's awesome for him. I'm honestly super excited to see him play at Wembley. I'm super excited for him. And, like, I'm super excited that, like, he's going to get, like, a real shot in this camp, I think. He's going to start one of these games. He might start both of them. Yeah, Saka is withdrew, so he's like the one true right winger that's. that's they, in, they, that's they like to play inverted too. He has a real. He has a real shot, man. He needs to make up for those atrocious uh, appearances. <laughs> the first he, he, time. No, he played. He played. Uh, he played all right in his debut, and he played pretty well off the bench against Germany, if you remember. I don't think I watched that game. I was locked in for those games, but he's a better player now. He said it himself. He's gonna score, man. I think he's gonna score in one of these games. You can you can book it. He is a way better player. I I, th- I think I think that's plainly obvious. I, I I honestly think he's gonna score in one of these games too. Um, it's just the like like the way they play is just it 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 makes too much sense for him not to do well, and it it didn't make sense the first time around. But now, even now that he's you know a better player, he's played under the brightest lights that there are. Um, he's he's ready to go. He's ready to go. I think he was just nervous more than anything the first camp. I think he'll be very calm. He's getting he's getting a cup of tea with Declan Rice today. See this guy? Yeah, he's just enjoying Ridiculous. life at St. George. Is right at St. George? Yeah, St. George's Park. He should spit on yeah. Declan Rice. <laughs> He honestly could teach Declan Rice a thing or two about being loyal. He could. He could. He could bring out the contract. Danny Dyer doesn't have to worry about him going to Las Vegas. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else that would have been crazier. No, Because no, he's away no. at England camp. I was like, dude. <laughs> my God. That's his wife, I think. No. I have the most respect for for Mrs. Dyer. Um, hopefully soon to be Mrs. Bowen. Is it? I mean, she's got to keep. She's got to keep her name. She's a celebrity. No, I, I don't think they're married. Nah, 
They don't need marriage. It's, that's so last generation. They have a bond that's greater than marriage. I agree. Than, than the, sacra- the, the sacrament of holy matrimony. And that is the bond that she is a local lad of West Ham. Yep, yep, yep. And, and he has adopted West Ham as his own. And I think that bond and is they greater. Have, than- and they have twins. Yeah, and, and they have twins. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what their names are, dude. I don't, I've I've never I, wondered. I I, I mean that that's the first time I've wondered. Honestly, I don't want to know. No, knowing Kaiden Randall's name has only done bad things for me. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even I haven't even bothered to want to to learn the other one's name. I don't think Julius let it out. I don't think he named them yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, because remember, I think Mark Berman asked him what the kid's name was. He said, he "said Why would I tell you?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's deflecting, dude. He isn't no. He's been in the lab. You gotta figure it out. It's been two years. It's, it's a boy. We know it's a boy. Do, do we know if Bowen's kids are boys? Do we have any uh, guys coming through the system in about twenty years? The the U nine months. <laughs> the U nine months. It's ridiculous. They're not even nine months old yet. They would have been, dude. I kept a. Uh, I found out, or I realized, like officially, that they were born before the final in Prague happened, and he just kept calling the final the greatest day of his life, like without yeah. even a second thought. Just wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. He said it on like six different interviews, like sober, drunk, like he was saying it. <laughs> I was like, on the was saying it on 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 the on the pitch, like on the plane, on the bus, <laughs> every opportunity at the Probably club. I went home and told his children, like, <laughs> you'll never be able to do that for me. <laughs> you will never bring me immense joy the way that I felt that joy, dude. <laughs> My God. So happy to have him, though. And he, he'll, be, he'll be a great father. He was talking about it in his England pressure. He was like, he was like I feel more mature as a father. I was like, dude, it's been like three months. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get serious, all right, man. You haven't raised anybody yet. Do is uh, wake I, up in the middle of the night and get the damn formula. Well, I mean, he remember when that one time Danny Dyer posted that picture of him like playing FIFA, just like at his desk. What? It was, no, this was like like when they like were first got together, and oh, I, oh. I, I can imagine that he's he's grown up from that point. He was, he was just like an off guard picture of him like playing like FIFA with his headset on. I don't know. Was... <laughs> Dude, it's so funny that like I don't want to call him the least marketable guy on our team, but like the most like small town like down to earth dude is like dating like a celebrity's daughter who's also a celebrity. Apparently, first of all, as an American, I have, what, what does she do? Don't ask. I don't know. I don't know what she does. I, I don't know what he does. I don't know. What I, she I, I does. think I, th- I think he's a comedian. I think. Uh, like a stand-up guy. I have no idea. Or I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not that deep into it. I just. I think like. He's a funny guy. Yeah. He was. You seen the interview with him where he said he starts the chant sometimes. It's out of his mind. Yeah. 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 Ludicrous. It's your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell, like, like he is like. Was like this is my son-in-law. Like the like the his first like reaction to like finding out that they were he probably maybe maybe he found out I when set he, it up. Like when maybe maybe like 
he might have found out from that picture of Bowen leaving her house. Oh my or, god, or, dude! Or, that isn't that or, how it no, came out. It was like paparazzi, right? Yeah, it was the reverse. It was her leaving his That's house. Crazy. <laughs> and Danny Dyer was probably like, how many goals he had this season, dude. I remember I was watching something. And Danny Dyer was like. Yeah, like, I don't get starstruck. I was like, well, yeah, like, you're a celebrity. He was like, but, like, the first time I met Jazz, like, uh, like I still get a little starstruck around them. I was like, dude, it's Jared Bowen. He's from Hereford, man. He runs on potato fields. It's the father of your grandchild. <laughs> like, dude, like, that is your daughter's boyfriend. Like, you're starstruck? <laughs> you imagine? Like, oh, I'm, like, nervous. Well, I'm nervous to meet, you know, her folks, like, it's, you know, it's first time. And he's like, can I have your autograph? <laughs> Bowen, dude, I was watching the thing. Bowen said he gave him a hug the first time I met. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's just like he's giving the wrong Danny butterflies, dude. Like, what is going on? <laughs> In all seriousness, though, it's like such a good thing for this club that he's he's done this. It's everything. Dude, seven years isn't. It's a, that's a true statement of commitment. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, you know, I have the article coming out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Little plug, little plug. Hopefully you guys, you know, read it. It'd be cool. Um, I get into it more in depth there, but I mean, it's just like, it's just so important. Like that, it just sets like the standard for the next, you know, yeah. for however long his prime lasts. Cause he's going to be the guy who's always here. Yeah, like, like we'll like keep plugging guys in, and you know, Moyes may or may not be here at this point. Yeah, he will. I, I hope he is, honestly, at this point. But I mean, just having a guy like you're going to be able to bank on for just just output, straight output, output, like like accountability, like um, what, what not accountability? What's the word? Like like the way he applies himself, the way he works. Yeah, like he sets he sets an example on the field. Like I don't I like there's no way for us to actually know if he's a leader or like a vocal leader or not, but the way he applies himself in game it really like was if you think about it, get him getting here was the beginning of yeah, everything. We've said this even like at the very beginning of it, he is the Moyes project. He is. Yeah. He epitomizes it, he embodies it. He is everything that the David Moyes, I mean, we call it the second stint. It's just the David Moyes era now. He's everything that the David Moyes era at West Ham is. Mm -hmm. And to I, keep him here for it is, you know, Rice went, fine. Paqueta will go. Kudus will go. These guys will sign big players. They will all, for the most part, they will all come and go. Especially the ones, if we're signing in that, like, Kudus range where it's, like, 25 to 40 million, you're signing these 22, 23, 24-year-old guys who are supremely talented They'll go, and to an extent they have to, because you have to keep the influx of cash to keep improving. Mm -hmm. But to have somebody like Bowen to be like the consistent pillar is so huge, and it's even bigger. I, I, like you said, he brings the goals. And and one thing I'll say, and I might I might add this to my article now that I'm thinking about it, is like you know Bryce was obviously better than Bowen, mm -hmm. but. I feel like, you know, losing Rice, we were like, we didn't need Rice to be West Ham. That is already apparent. Mm -hmm. We didn't need Rice to do what we needed to do for under David Moyes. Alvarez has come in. He's considerably less talented than Declan Rice. He's done 
an incredible job. He's 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 fulfilled his duties, the the duties that need to be fulfilled as a midfielder. Yeah. In in David Moyes' system. If we lose Bowen, replacing him, it would it would we would have to find somebody that applies himself the way that he does. I think that would be probably harder to replace than Rice. Forget that. You have to find somebody who's going to bring you goals. Goals are not easy to come by. They're not easy to sign. They're not easy to find. To find those goals along with the way he applies himself and the way he plays and how hard he works, it's borderline impossible. It's like easy. it's not saying that replacing Rice was easy. It wasn't. We spent $60 million and scoured the market for two months and found two great midfielders and are still playing an extra midfielder than we were last year and all the years before. But yeah, like it's, I don't think anybody would argue that it's more difficult to replace putting the ball in the net than it is to do anything else. I mean, for, for Moyes, he's like a, he's like a unicorn. Like if (laughs) Moyes wants to, like if Moyes wants to play Antonio, like this kind of like false nine, if you want to say, like guy who like, create like a, a, a creator at the a target nine. man like a focal point somebody to play off yeah yes if you want to have a guy like that if that's what you want to, your nine to look like you need a player like bowen, you need bowen yeah. and if you and if you have a guy like antonio who really can't do the running you need bowen you need somebody leading the line in the press mm-hmm. and you know not only does that he tracks back covers all this space and He's also, you know, putting chances away, and he's like our main goal scorer, like just on the pitch. Like it's, I've said, I've said it in on here before. He is the best winger out of possession in the Premier League. In the Premier League, for in sure. League. Nobody, and, no, nobody does the amount that he like when the other team has the ball. Nobody does what he does between pressing and tracking back and blocking crosses and winning the ball high up. Like you just think about how many goals we've scored over the years that are just him pressing from the front. Some of the most important goals we've scored in the Premier League since Moyes came back. The, I mean, the Chelsea about, goal comes to mind yeah. the, the penalty. Um, he won a few Ooh, penalties like that that year. Yeah. There were, there were two goals that game, really. Like, wasn't, wasn't that – wasn't – his the second goal he scored the the goal he scored in that game uh from outside the box wasn't that the product of no of that, that, that that was actually that was a product of Antonio chasing the ball into the shadow into the channel oh, just right. kind of got knocked but, back to Kufal and he just sort of picked it up and just hit it but even so like the, like the press like he is the press like especially other, now, like especially now that Fornells is in play exactly. Like he sets the tone for everybody else, and and if we didn't have that, we're not pressing as much this year. But like he, like what what of of our press, like he is the guy. He's like, all that we got. Man. He really is. Like he, you can't even you can't even put into words how important he is for us. And now we have him for the rest of his career. No release clause. You know, I'm happy to pay him as as much or as little as as whatever the final number was. It's um, if he hits all of his bonuses, it's 160 thousand a week. So Which I I'm sure I, I assume that the base pay 
is like 130, 140, and I'm sure there's a pretty hefty bonus for an appearance. So it's like mm-hmm. it's ba- the base pay is probably 140, 150. Yeah. Yeah, he's which he deserves. He deserves every penny of that. He's he's already earned it, and he'll he, continue. He, dude, he he can have whatever he wants. He scored that goal. Give a fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seriously, I think Amen. that's the perfect place to end it. Though, thank you everybody mm-hmm. for listening with us today. Join us along on the ride. We will see you in the flesh, or we'll be with our faces. We won't see you, um, but we will be in the flesh next week, hopefully. Like it's not a live show, but we will be on your screens if you want to watch it on Jared, YouTube. Jared Bowen will be there. He'll be talking about his, his new contract. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna be the. Um, he'll be guest. talking about. He'll be talking about um, his debut at Wembley. Yeah, yeah, his debut he'll goal at Wembley. Debut goals at Wembley. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining us along in this long as it's been a really fun episode. Um, it has been. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. At hammering underscore away. The blog is hammering dash away.blog. Instagram is hammering away underscore. And the TikTok, which I will be making active again, is hammering dot away. Um, thank you everybody for listening. I just wanna rally in a ray. Hey, shorty, let me paint all in my face. Your body, my need a diamond ray. Ay, I just dropped the rally up the rage. Do not give a fuck about the place. Ay, money see it stacking in the Ay, Money see it stacking in the Ay, I just wanna rally in a rain track. Pulling the day, can we be okay? Got money to pay. And my blood, now we looking straight. Got for your girls. Can't do the deals, cause you niggas ain't not working on yes. But they so cool, cause we don't me. Stop talking to my shoulders, stop talking to my team. I hit you in the morning, right now I'm with the beast. This handy got me yawning, I think it down to sleep. This handy got me yawning, I think it down to sleep. I 95, you gonna ride, you better slide, hop on the whip, better step on my side. Cause it's highway vibes, your wave wash my wave tie, don't trip, now you might slip slide. Cause I drip sauce and I drip fly, and I lean back when I win. I need to the way to infinity, fuck with my team, they fuck up my vicinity. This shit going crazy, bumping on shit from Mass Miami, down the highway, and I'm dressing my jammies. One of the streets is a coming and duty, my nigga named Rico, he strapped with the truly. We blasting the shots if you acting a fool, you striving for perfection. Don't you know you perfectly imperfect, nigga? You worth it, nigga. I kick, flip, and I flip shit. I'm a worse but nigga. You switch shit, and I will smith them. Western niggas, I'm a fresh prince, don't check it, nigga. I breathe deep, I'm testing niggas. Go check your mate, it's nighttime and you were both today I might take your queen, but that was yesterday And I off your pawns, I'll leave you acid late Cause I'm the realest king to ever play And I'm a black king, worried up to my black skin And I run shit cause I'm African You don't gotta tell me I am the man